It is exactly 7.53 on Metro FM Talk. I'm Tamin Gubeni. A very good evening to you. And thank you for joining us wherever it is that you may be. Perhaps you're driving back home from work. Maybe you're still at work or you're at home wherever you are. Good to have you with us today. As we focus on our headlines tonight, the African National Congress members under the banner of Kalema Disputed NEC List have filed an urgent court application in the High Court in Johannesburg to compel the party to provide raw data of all the branch nominations for the National Executive Committee additionals. They want the matter to be heard by the court on Wednesday. Now, if you remember... The ANC Electoral Committee Chair, Ndate Kalima Motlante, released a list of 200 nominees for the National Ex- Executive Committee, uh, which is the party's highest decision-making body between conferences. The ANC will be hosting its elective conference starting this very coming Friday, the 16th of December. Now, one person who certainly has been following this story is Natasha Piri, who joins us. Natasha Piri, SABC political reporter. Very good evening to you. Good to have you with us. Thank you so much, Tani. A very good evening to the Metro FM listeners. Now, Natasha, before we go into the issue of the demand for the raw data, um, and the matter, you know, to be heard in court, or at least the application. Mm-hmm. I'd like us to talk first about the expulsion of, of Karl Niehaus. Take us through the steps of what exactly has led to his expulsion, and can he actually still appeal? Well, Tony, you would uh, remember that, remember last year, um, around uh, June, July, uh, Karl Niehaus made... Um, those, those comments um, just before former President uh, Jacob Zuma was actually arrested. Uh, he had made inflammatory statements uh, while in Kanda last year. And of course, he was suspended uh, because of those charges. He later appealed uh, his suspension, but um, he was slammed uh, by the ANC. And now, subsequently, the NDC of the party has actually uh, you know, expelled him as a member of the ANC, and you would know that he was actually charged with six counts of misconduct for contravening uh, Rule 25 of uh, the ANC Constitution. Uh, therefore, he can actually appeal um, this issue. If his appeal actually fails, he can then take it a true conference, which is actually coming up. Uh, and if all fails, then uh, it would be the end of Carl Niehaus's history in um uh, in the ANC, but I mean, you would know that uh, there's a video that was populating where he had said that he found out about his ex- expulsion uh, through members of the media and through the media, uh, Tani, and he had said that, listen, he's going to fight this tooth and nail. He had uh, sent a message to uh, specifically members of the NDC, members of the NEC, the outgoing NEC, and of course, specifically ANC President Ramaphosa saying that uh, he won't be expelled from the ANC. This is a party that He's loved all his life that he's fought for, and he certainly won't be going down without a fight. He also mentioned the fact that he would be, you know, um, challenging this decision at all levels. If he doesn't win within the ANC, he would be taking as uh, the legal route. He mentioned that Matthew's Posa uh, would actually be filing papers there. So um, this is as far as it stands uh, with Carl Niehaus. And as you said, Natasha, um, Carl Niehaus himself has said that he hasn't seen the letter. Uh, Supra Mahoma Pelo said that there is a letter that's making the rounds um, on, on social media. Carl Nihar says he hasn't seen it. Um, and just as a, as a quick refresher, as, as Natasha has just said, it was in, in July 
where as the MKMVA spokesperson, you know, as he called himself, um, he, Karl Nihas, said that the constitutional court jailing the former president without trial was illegal and that ju- the judiciary is captured. Those are just some of the statements that he made that have landed him in the situation that he is in right now. But another huge issue, um, and the entire country, as we do every single time, the, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an electoral year, we find ourselves focusing on this coming Friday, the 16th of, of December. It's just a few days before the ANC conference, but there are members who have filed an urgent interdict in court over the NEC nominations. Why? Definitely. So this group, uh, which falls under the banner of the Khalima Dispute NEC list, like you correctly said, are actually taking the ANC to court to compel the ANC, specifically the ANC's electoral committee, to provide raw data of all branch nominations for the NEC additionals. You would remember about two weeks ago, we saw the chair of the electoral committee, Haleman Mokanta, alongside his secretary, uh, Chief Levoine Mazela, announcing that list of um, uh, 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 members, ANC members, who were nominated by branches, um, you know, uh, for the NEC list of, you know, uh, you know um, the NEC comprises of about 80 members, Tani. So um, these members are not satisfied with the processes, number one, and they want all the raw data to actually be released. I mean, I'm reminded by Lindy Wissensulu, who had earlier um, in, in, in this month, or I beg your pardon, in November, had complained saying that the data that she has is not in line with the data that was announced by the electoral committee. She says that she did not receive 66 nominations as um, what the electoral committee had to say. You also have the likes of uh, David Mabuza's campaign manager, Andrew Bailo, also complaining about the processes as well. So these members actually want all the raw data to be released by the electoral committee. The electoral committee says they have released the raw data, but these members are not satisfied by this. They then escalated their issue to um, the Treasurer General, who's also the Acting Secretary of the ANC, Mr. Paul Mashadili, and requested that this matter be raised at last week's Friday's NEC meeting, of which it was not. Failure to do that, they threatened to take this matter to the courts. Of course, they have. You've seen the papers earlier on today. But today, before 5 o'clock, you saw the Electoral Committee coming back and hitting back, um, also responding to them through their lawyers, saying that, they will be challenging this application in the court of law. So it is expected to be a showdown on Wednesday. Whether or not these members will be successful in their bid, it remains uh, to be seen, but they're really not happy. A case in point of what they've been saying, Tani, is that um, the Electoral Committee had announced the, 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 the names of these ANC members who were nominated by the branches before even vetting them. And hence you have uh, the cases of um, Batabi Lezanin being uh, served with that letter of disqualification, Tony Engen being served with that uh, letter of disqualification. The other argument is that why not uh, vet these members first, then announce them, instead of announcing these members, these members first, then vetting them, and then serving them with this, um, these letters of disqualification. Now, there are 16 um, members who are the complainants here. Are they all from the same branch, different branches? Is there anything that ties them all together? These are members from different branches. These are members, as they came, uh, ANC members in good standing. But I mean, um, some of them, like Budat Otezi, was a chairperson of SASCO back in these days. Uh, you've got the likes of um, 
uh, Isaac Mansaba. I mean, he's, he's, he's well known within the movement. He's been labeled as a think tank. He's got the likes of Fezek Amahano, who's an advocate. So these are uh, different members of the ANC from different branches, different walks of life. But um, seemingly they've come together to group themselves about this issue because they say a lot of people actually agree about this process of the electoral committee. You've got the likes of the Yasuwazi, who, you know, who's worked at Lutuli House for years. Um, and, and he's just basically saying that he's never heard of this process of the electoral committee. Some don't even agree with this process. What they know is the process of PGCs uh, normally within the ANC. So they want this matter to be heard by Wednesday. What if this doesn't happen? And will this in any way cause complications for the conference on Friday? Well, Tammy, it will, okay, depending on the court process, because remember, this is not an urgent court application. So the court may actually throw this matter out, perhaps. But um, just looking at the veracity of this court application doesn't seem to be urgent. So conference actually might actually take place at the stipulated date of Friday. But I don't see this having, uh, you know, a huge bearing on the conference unless uh, if what they've asked for, uh, this group, is to seek audience at, um, you know, plenary when the conference starts. If they actually garner much more support from other delegates, then it could actually cause a problem, um, you know, for the ANC. Remember, there's this phrase, which is, um, I don't know what it is exactly in Berlin, you forgive me, but Amanda, I say my same meaning that the power is in the branches. So it would be interesting, uh, you know, if, if actually this causes a problem for the ANC uh, come uh, this conference on Friday. What does this entire action do for the integrity of the entire, um, you know, list process? as far as the African National Congress is concerned in general? Does it question its, its integrity uh, as to who gets on the list, how they get on the list, why they are on the list, who puts them on the list, and why they are on that list? You raise an interesting question. This is a question that I actually posed uh, to these um, members when they had a press briefing last, um, last week. And we asked them, that does, does this pose um, you know, a threat? Uh, to the integrity of the electoral committee, not even that, but of conference. And they said that this is something really to worry about. I mean, if you have so many complaints, not only from these members, but you have complaints from the likes of Sulu, if you have complaints from the likes of David Nabuza's campaign manager, and so many people that disgruntled, it, it certainly puts this, this issue in the spotlight. And we hope that the electoral committee will come out and actually respond to this matter. But I mean, have you heard the likes of Chief Matela questioning um, and, 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 and asking if these ANC members actually understand the constitution of the ANC and actually understand the electoral committee rules, uh, which was adopted by the NEC. He had said that it could be that sometimes members of the ANC don't even understand uh, the rules of the electoral committee and haven't even read them. And hence, you, ha- you have a situation where some people, in these words, could be actually conflating issues, uh, could be, uh, you know, just rather, instead of talking to members of the electoral committee, rather running to the media and raising their grievances there. So uh, I think it would be interesting, really, um, uh, to, to find out what will actually happen on Wednesday and whether the court will really in favor of these ANC members or not. This conference, Natasha, comes on the backdrop of a, a lot of controversy, for the African National Congress, as well as its uh, leadership, its current leadership, as well as its past leadership, and also looking at the list with some of the names that are that are on on on, on that on that particular list. 
What would you say, somebody who's been watching this uh, road to December the 16th quite closely, what would you highlight as some of the key issues that have come out of the road to the elective conference um, and some of the issues that the African National Congress is battling with and, and, and grappling with at this particular time? Well, you've covered the issue of Pala Pala, but also there's so many things. It's as if, um, you know, various members of the ANC are under this dark cloud, you know, of controversy, of dealing with cases of corruption. But this is a party that's been preaching the message of renewal, that's been preaching the, me- the message of getting rid of the rotten potatoes in the party, you know, that's been preaching that they need to turn around the image of the ANC, especially the public perception. Um, in the public, especially when you're on the road to 2024. I mean, there's so many challenges. People are angry at the ANC that after so many years of the ANC being in power, it seems that the state of the ANC is deteriorating. You've seen the former leaders lambasting um, the state of the ANC and also the ANC president criticizing them, um, you know, over a number of issues. So, I mean, it would be interesting to note these issues going to conference and also looking at the bigger picture. Time. You've got 2024, which is just um, uh, uh, a corner away, you know, and it seems as if the support of the ANC is actually dwindling, um, you know, at the polls. And I think for me, this would be a watershed moment for the ANC. Um, could they actually restore itself to, you know, a movement of a uh, former glory or, or not? Or will its support continue to dwindle, um, you know, at the polls? So I think... For me, this is a do-or-die moment for the ANC. This is a do-or-die moment where people say that, uh, you know, the ANC really needs to pull up the stocks. And also you've got young people within, within the movement who are now calling for generational mix. It's saying that, listen, young people also need to hold leadership positions within the party so that young people can actually resonate with young people who are not ANC voters, just the normal, um, you know, electorate out there. So these are just things to note for. But also notwithstanding that, the conference is not only about electing leaders, and it's also about the policies of the party. And, you know, people will be looking to that, that will these leaders that will be deployed in these positions actually implement the policies of the party, policies that will work for South Africans on the ground. I mean, we've got the issue of ESCOM. We're grappling with ESCOM. I'm currently sitting at a restaurant talking to them because I'm low-fed. I can't function without any, uh, any electricity. We've got so many issues, high unemployment rates as well, which is quite a problem. And and you, uh, Natasha, just highlighting our daily realities, you, you know, um, we are not just reading the news, we are not just talking about the news, we are actively in the news, <laughs> you know. We are experiencing the realities of it uh, on a day-to-day. But before I let you go, you, you said something that really sparked my thoughts. You, you said it's not just about leadership, this particular conference. It's really about policies, and it's policies that are ANC policies and, and policies that are going to work for South Africans. Do you, do you get a sense that ANC policies are equal to or are synonymous with South African interests and South African policies. And and I asked this uh, quite interestingly because we were talking about Karl Niehaus and his expulsion and one of our, our, our callers, Dadu uh, Yang, I think it was, um, was talking, Ozo Leg, I think, was talking about the fact that, um, you know, Nihas did not toe the, the party line, something that I echoed as well, and that the ANC has been very clear about their stance, that it is party first. Where then do you draw the line? I mean, how can you then say party first and then say South Africa first, when sometimes maybe what the party is advocating for may not necessarily be in the interest of what the country needs? Yeah, 
I think, Tony, I mean, a lot of analysts have been saying this, ANC members as well, uh, themselves have been saying this. I remember there was a conversation that Sakina had with, um, you know, Mamuluko Kupai earlier on this year at the policy conference, saying that the policies of the ANC are very good on paper, but the problem is implementation. You've got land expropriation, you've got compensation, the nationalization of banks. You've got so many policies of the ANC that are pro poor, but implementation is a problem. And now you've got people who are saying that enough is enough. We need to now deal with our employees who don't implement the policies of the ANC. You have the likes of Sizopila Mkise, who's the, the spokesperson of the ANC's, uh, ANC Youth League in NTT, NYTT, earlier on, just speaking out at the policy conference, saying that it's high time we put the needs and the policies, um, and the needs of South Africans first before ourselves as a party. If a person is deployed to do something and they are not, then they must be purged out of the movement. Or the movement must tell that person that, listen, your time is up, you were given this ma- um, this mandate, you did not fulfill your mandate, it's time for you to account. There must be consequence management. So I think for the ANC, the ANC needs to now look at itself, look at its policies and say, listen, like you said, do we put the party first or do we put you know, the people of South Africa first? What is it? Because the ANC came in saying that they are the leader of society, they are the governing party, they care about uh, South Africans, but seemingly we've got the ANC doing complete, something completely opposite to what their mandate actually is. Natasha Perry, we'll leave it at that uh, for this evening. Uh, thank you so much for your insights as well as uh, the updates on what's going on within the African National Congress as a build-up to the elective conference on Friday, the 16th of December, intensifies. Thank you so much and have yourself a great evening. Uh, what time are your lights coming back on? Thank you so much, Tabi. They're coming back at half past 10. Half past 10. Oh, you still have a long stretch. You better stay in that restaurant, um, have yourself a really nice warm meal, and uh, maybe just drive home like quarter past 10, you know. But thanks, no, Natasha. All right, then. Thanks. Have a great evening. That's, thank you, darling. That's Natasha Piri, the SABC political reporter. Bring us to exactly 11 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is Metro FM Talk. Here's a reminder. You want to send your comments, send your voice notes to 060-552-7303. Here's a question I wanted to ask really, really quickly. Do you believe that the ANC and, and I guess the party leadership has enough you know, mental strength and mental capacity and time to really be dealing with the pertinent issues right now? Because there's so much else, issues of survival, personal survival, that are also at play and at stake here. Send us your voice notes.